Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Warm-ups, not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kami Amarabian, joined today by Jack Shields and... Brady Trantham is Yo. in my room right now. Yo. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Google Podcast, anywhere you can find a podcast. Man, yeah, it's a, it's another random Tuesday. We we were gonna podcast yesterday, but I was tired. Jack got a flat tire. Brady was at media day. Yeah, I had a nail in the tire. Yeah, dude, where Bummer. at? Where'd you pick it up? It was in Edmond, actually. Edmond, typical. Yeah. You'd think they would pick their stuff up. Yeah, clean those streets, man. Up in Pleasant. They have like someone with like a top hat who cleans up the nails <laughs> yeah. on the street or something like that. Top of the they morning, don't even. Yeah. They don't even have the machine. They just have legitimate guys that are still street sweepers. Yeah, they can pay humans. Yeah, in suits. <laughs> Not down here and more. <laughs> <laughs> For real. But yeah, I mean, they're hanging out. Tuesday evening, Brady's fresh off of Thunder Media Day and practice and all that good stuff without Russell Westbrook cussing at him with his eyes. I know. It was weird. It was weird to see, um, like, when you go up, when they let us out onto the practice floor um, for media availability, um, typically guys are, like, positions are, like, at one goal, other positions are at another goal. Typically, Russell and Paul, Dennis Schroeder, those guys, they would be on the far end right corner, uh, the furthest goal away from us steven adams and the bigs would be like really close to us mm-hmm. and then certain players like hamadou diallo or abdul nader they'd be like shooting by themselves and today like abdul nader was shooting with the rest of his teammates chris paul and shea gilgis alexander were shooting together with other guards mm. it, it looked more uniform and not um we're the superstars over here yeah. you guys go work on whatever we're gonna just put you know piss around just big but kids table it, it, pretty much it was the big kids table but um yeah, it's basketball season and football season, so I'm I'm busy. Yeah. I, I just need to get drunk. All the time. <laughs> yeah. To handle your responsibilities. Hey, I mean, if if uh, Puka goes off for three hundred yards oh, again, gosh, then I'm, oh, I'm we can talk about that in a little bit later. We can have a we can have a Vietnam flashback to last year's game in Norman. Jack, do you handle your problems with alcohol and beer showers? <laughs> yeah, beers? shower beers, yeah. yeah. We've discussed this. Yeah. Are you still an anti shower beerite? I've just I've just never done it. I mean, Why not? I think I did in college once, um, <laughs> um, but I, I was it's probably just, I was probably drunk still at the time. So I don't know if that counts. I mean, obviously you're drinking a beer in the yeah, shower, but yeah. 
Um, I, I wasn't really aware of what I was doing. If you're going to like kick off day drinking, it's just the pragmatic thing to do. You know, it'd be the worst thing True. is if you had a mimosa and drank that in the shower. And that would be and weird. And your drunk ass is like just swinging it around through the water and it gets like tap water mixed in. Oh, <laughs> your tap water mimosa. That's a lot less cool. I don't do that. It just takes to time clarify. to make a mimosa just to take it in the shower. Like, well, this is this is good enough, I guess. Do an old fashioned pinky extended, not let one drop of water hit it. Gosh. Not even the, uh, um, what's it called? Evaporation. Is that what condensation. it's called? Condensation. Condensation. Yeah. I mean, condensation. This ain't the science podcast. It's true. We gotta, Sometimes get scientific. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, like Sundance Sooner left us review, right? That's correct. Not Sundance Film Festival. Not the Sundance Film Festival. Okay. He's definitely Festival. not my friend Tyler Condry. But he says, <laughs> he left us a five-star review. Great. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks. But he says, Jack's voice sounds like two angels making love. It's a good review. How would he know how Two Angels Making Love sounds like? Maybe he's... DMT or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, is this, is, did this just turn into Joe Rogan's podcast? <laughs> yeah. No, man. It's, yeah. Not, not, not sure about that. <laughs> it's in the Bible somewhere. It's probably probably crossing a line and probably going to get some angry people. We're just throwing it out there. I mean, Jesus never smiles in the Bible, does he? I don't know. Why are we talking about religion right now? He wept. He did weep, and so did we when we watched. He got Mike's mad in the market. And so did we when we watched the OU Kansas game last yeah, year. We did, we did. <laughs> but let's dive on into Texas Tech, and we have a lot of things to talk about. Texas Tech, Alex Grinch, you're making us all really happy and excited, and like really make languishing the past, and then talking about OU and Kansas, and some stuff right now. But OU wins, beat the Red Raiders in Norman, fifty-five to sixteen. No Adrian Ely. That's the first thing that people noticed. And, um, you know, there's there's stuff on that, but it's not official. I'm not going to talk about it until it's official because I don't want to cause any rumors or talk talk any rumors. But um, they move Bray Walker to right guard for a start, and then you have Tyrese Robinson starting at right tackle. You have told me five months ago that Robinson would be out at tackle while Bray Walker would be at guard. I would have called you crazy just from, like, a body standpoint. Yeah, it's a little mm-hmm. odd, but it worked to a degree. To a degree, and there's there, I watch I watched the game back, and uh, I saw Bray Walker just whiff on a block so bad that it was it was embarrassing. Like he full out extension laid out to block somebody and completely whiffed on it, and he was flat on his stomach. And then Tyrese Robinson, he was also he also pulled on that play, and he got just enough of the guy to create a crease for Trey Sermon to get like ten yards. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, not to uh, name drop, but Rufus Alexander, who does the Inside OU podcast with me, um, you guys can edit that out if you want to. But oh, yeah. we uh, wouldn't. <laughs> great people, um, great podcast. The reason why I bring him up is like he called this out because I didn't actually see this live or even on the replay when I watched kind of the the quickened version of the game. Um, but Rufus made the comment that you can tell, like you can just see him thinking while he's playing because he's so slow footed half the time. Mm-hmm. He's he, he doesn't necessarily understand, like, I need to go here, I need to hit this guy, or I need to hit this guy and then go over here. Um, but he did say when he does know what he's going to, when he's, what he's supposed to do, when he's running maybe a, um, a few plays that he's completely and utterly comfortable with, maybe like basic offensive plays, um, he's big enough and talented enough that he can just get the guy that he's supposed to get out of the play. So he's yeah. talented enough. It's just with him, if he has to continue to play, he just needs to learn because you can't get away with that when you're playing – Texas, and I, 
Texas Tech had some talent on defense, but I mean, I don't know about you guys, and I know we'll get to Kansas later, but I mean, Les Miles freaks me out. Yeah, he's a he's a coach that can sniff stuff like that out. He'll mm-hmm. he'll sniff that he's already seen that Swinson can't do shit on the left side. So he chokes just, people. So just overload blitz. So things like that need to be cleaned up if OU wants to uh, get to the point where they want to be. But and, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's it's only a, four. I mean, that's what concerns me. In. That's what concerns me about the Texas game. But we're talking yeah. about Kansas. But if the offensive line still the woe still it still concerns me with how long is Adrian Ely out. Uh, with an unspecified injury, um, he was in sweats, and everybody already knows like there's something going on. And then Bray Walker, the knock on him since high school was, if he can't get his hands on you, you know, it's probably because he doesn't know the play as well, or he's he's just not quick footed. Yeah. But the moment he does get his hands on you, you're done. And that that was that was going back to his high school days at Southmore, and and then I, then I think he spent a senior at Westmore, but it was just like. That was that was the thing on him, and so the offensive line, um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being just like panic mode. How worried are you about the offensive line heading into not necessarily Kansas, but this next couple of weeks, knowing the Red River shootouts in two weeks? I mean, I'd probably put it at a six, just because OU is still. I mean, I, I know who they've played. I know they're not that good, mm. but they're still um, scoring almost a point per play. They're one of the best rushing teams in the country. They're a pretty damn good passing team. Um, pass blocking hasn't necessarily been that big of a deal unless the team is blitz, the opponent is blitzing. Um, I, I, you just watch these games and you, you like, OU has, has success and they score or they get a big chunk play and it's all well and good. But then you see some mistakes here and there. And then you just apply that to man, that, that shit won't fly against Texas. Like they, like, OU's not going to yeah. be able to turn that play into a 20 yard game that might get blown up before it even starts. And that's one of my fears. Yeah. Now, I mean, by, you know, OU has one more game left until Texas, and I, hopefully they're not looking past Kansas because Kansas already beat a team that probably looked past them in Boston mm-hmm. College, mm-hmm. Um, beat the crap out of them. But um, if, I mean, maybe it's just a, a matter of more game reps, but I, I don't even know if one more week can do that much good. So right. um, really it's just, um, maybe OU is just so damn talented on the perimeter that it just won't matter because they're going to get their plays. They're going to get their points against Texas. But, um, it, I mean, for me, it's just at a six because it's not, it's not even close to being where we thought it should have been, even though we all knew, yeah, they're replacing four out of five guys. Generally, you know, I'd say 6.5 or seven or something like that. Just because like you said, we expected growing pains. Maybe we expected them to be a little further along at this point. I'll I'll be shocked. But, I mean, I mean, I have no idea what the health status of Adrian Neely is, but just judging by what Lincoln Riley described it as, as day to day, week to week, that to me just screams gainsmanship. <laughs> yeah, like, he's going to play against Texas. Kenneth and, Murray was uh, Kenneth Mann was day to day, week to week in the very beginning of the season, and he didn't come out to play until week four or five. Yeah. But Bob Stoops' day-to-day, week-to-week was usually like two or three he, months. He so did. It was, it he was, was a little gone. different. Jermaine Gresham just had a, you know. Samaj P. Ryan was out for like seven games. He's yeah. no longer with us. Gosh, yeah, for real. <laughs> and, but, you know, it's offensive line, and you you can tell that everybody except Creed Humphrey is going to get extra reps at the end of each game they play. I mean, that's what's been the case that's the past four games, that they take – Creed Humphrey out because he is your gem on the line. Don't get him hurt for the love of God. Everything else will fall into place, and that's kind of what they've been doing. Uh, Eric Swenson concerns me, dude. He he's just um, every. It seems like every time I focus on him, he fucks up. Yeah, like he, he. 
Um, whether it's him, like if someone's just speed rushing past him, he doesn't have the quickness to right. um, stabilize. He holds, if reaches. A, if somebody gets like a really good, like really good positioning on him, uh, he's not strong enough. Rufus thinks that he has an upper body um, injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I've, the thought said it's a shoulder injury. Yeah. It's causing him and issues. S- and sometimes it looks like that because he will like try and like jab at somebody and it does nothing. Yeah. And then he'll walk off to the sideline and grab his shoulder. I don't know how much of that is just show or, um, I mean, I don't know. Like it, it's really disappointing because I think we were all excited about the whole, like Lincoln Riley saying like, Oh yeah, I guess he's not good enough for Mich- right. Michigan's offense, but he's good enough for us. And now it's starting to look like, was this the one thing Jim Harbaugh was cor- correct about right. in the last few years? <laughs> in light wonder. of all of that, I'm a little surprised we're not seeing more of R.J. Proctor, honestly. He holds. At that same spot. Yeah, it's hold, 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 hold penalty, hold penalties. It's it's interesting. It's it's just interesting to see like how the thing has not really come together yet. Even though at the beginning of the season we understood, yeah, it's Bill Beaton, but they'll come together at some point. And it makes you think now that OU's relying up in 12 personnel or 13 personnel with two to three tight ends, like especially on that left side, you know, maybe they're doing it for not just gamesmanship and showing new cards. It's they need extra guys to chip in on a block. So it's concerning, but we'll see how, you know, this next week against Kansas, they should be able to run over them, and then you'll get a Texas week. Um, Talk about Jalen Hurts' progressions and his progression as a quarterback, but also his progressions in general during a play. This last this game against Tech, Texas Tech is, they're, they're shit on defense. They're bad. They're they're just same old, same old on defense. and But it looked like Jalen Hurts stood in the pocket way longer than he usually does. He didn't take off at a moment's notice as soon as CD wasn't open. And he sat in the pocket, especially when he got crowded, and he delivered some really nice long balls um, to two CD Lamb. CD Lamb had a hell of a day. I think he's like seven catches. He ended with seven. Jaden Hazelwood, I think, had six or seven catches, too, and everybody else just kind of fell by the wayside. I do uh, remember all this stuff. Just rewatching the game, I don't know. Like, and then seeing Rambo, like, oh yeah, but Rambo had two massive catches. Now Barry Trammell wasn't sure that one of those passes was being oh, thrown God, to Justin What a, the hell was that? I love, I love Barry. He's been so good to me, and you know, as I've started my career covering the Thunder, because he's there half the time. But I don't know how, I don't know how much longer he'll be at Thunder games now because his boy's gone. But yeah, um, I will say, like when I heard that question. I, th- I I think at this point we've seen enough Jalen Hurts, not just at OU, but even at Alabama. I mean, yes, was he held back to some degree by the offense? Yeah. Did he have his own limitations as a player? Of course. Um, I think, and then table that. I think it's really unfair for us to go Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and if you're not at that standard, right. at least in terms of your accuracy and your ball positioning then you're trash like mm-hmm. no he could he can be a step or two below them in terms of accuracy and still be you know an all-conference a, a good enough quarterback to win you a national championship Jalen has far exceeded any of that crap so far and I, I feel like questions like that at this point are a little silly because mm-hmm. like he, he's shown <laughs> to have the accuracy he's shown to be able to understand where to put the ball how to score in this offense um I think the entire thing about how in OU's first few games of he's not going through his reads. Why the hell would he if the first guy is open? Right. It makes no sense to me. Like, so some Twitter nerd can can see him like make an NFL throw, and I'm doing the air quotes. Yeah. Like that that's bullshit to me. Who cares? I don't care if CD Lamb's open 
and that's the first guy he sees throwing the football. It, yeah. I'll let the NFL scouts worry about the progressions. I just worry about him moving the football, scoring the scoring the football, and then OU winning the game. And he's been doing that at a high level, and it looks like he can um, sustain that moving forward. And you can tell that he's made a clear uh, pr- progression upward regarding his play and going into the Oklahoma offense with Lincoln Riley from game one to now we're heading into Kansas. Well, you can tell that he's getting more comfortable in the offense. He's taking off far less. He's actually standing in the pocket, reading the defense, doing what you want a Lincoln Riley quarterback to do, which is really nice. Um, you know, I guess Lincoln Riley wasn't too pleased originally at the beginning of the season because Jalen wouldn't necessarily trust the play call and he would audible out of it and do something simpler maybe. Um, which Lincoln Riley was like, no, we gotta, we got to be better than that. And just like making the reads. And Lincoln Riley said he was really happy about a couple of plays uh, that Jalen did is that Jalen now has an, an understanding and feel for the offense, just like maybe not just like Holt Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray to where he just trusts the play. And although the throw wasn't there when he initially, before he started to rear back and throw the ball, he had to trust his arm and trust the play to throw the ball. And by the time the ball got there, it was on the money. And then of course you have Barry Trammell, like you said, Jack saying, uh, well, uh, do you mean to throw it to Charleston Rambo? And then like, He's like, who caught it? And then he's like, Rambo. And then, so he's like, well, did, so did you mean to throw it to Rambo? He's like, give him the disappointed mom look like, come on. Like, yes, 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 I did. But yeah, Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's progressing. It looks good. Actually, See, I was trying to throw it to Grant Calcaterra. <laughs> gosh, on the sideline. I'd be such a terrible athlete. I would just give the most smart-ass answers. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be fun, though. Especially to guys was, you don't like. Actually, I was trying to throw it to Heinz Ward. I missed him. <laughs> Herc should have given him a next question for sure. Or just, I don't know. How do you say next question in, in Spanish? That's a good question. Don't know. That is a good question. That does not deserve a next question, but we'll we'll find that out on the next episode. The, ne- the next question guy's in Houston now, but apparently he's not doing any more next questions. No, because Barry's not there. <laughs> yeah. He's going to say whatever he wants. It would, literally be just be, it would literally just be Barry and then anybody who would try to basically asked the same question like Royce Royce Young from ESPN did yeah. that once and then Russell just hated him for the next week that's wonderful <laughs> is he going to find a new Barry in Houston though of course he will yeah. of course it's Houston Scrooston yeah H-Town uh Houston's H Houston's media is I mean uh, I mean I'm in obviously I cover the Thunder so I'm well aware of what the reputation of the mm-hmm. local media is like from the outside I understand um but man, Houston's. Have you all ever watched a Rockets basketball game with their like com like their commentators? I believe I've seen it like once or twice. Oh, oh like my league pass or something. God, it is so like overtly. And these guys are being paid by the organization. Right. Like I get it, but my God, it's it's like so hard to watch. But anyway, yeah. let's more hard to watch than Michael Cage. I didn't see him today. I usually see him at practice and. Uh, Unless he walked in behind me when I wasn't looking. He was probably at the church league. You know what? That's good. He was probably at church league. I'll never forget. I think Russ tried to do a finger roll layup on the, on the, at the rim. And it just rolled off the rim. And he said, oh, man, he got a rim job. <laughs> and I was like, he can't say that on live TV, can he? Man, you love to see that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. But sticking back to Texas, a guy who's having a hell of a year. Guy from Canada. I don't segue from the rim the, job. The, the Canadian bulldozer, bulldozer, according to whoever from like some guy the from the paper Tulane pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, having a hell of a year. Like 
<laughs> he looks like the best defensive lineman in the Big 12 right now. He looks like the guy that we were promised for two or three consecutive years. Oh, we literally wrote that article on. on our website every year yeah. since I've been at Crimson and Cream Machine. I was like, okay, let's fart out something about Neville Gallimore living up to his destiny or some shit. Every year, he would fall short of that. It, it wasn't always his fault. Sometimes it was injuries. Sometimes it was Mike Stoops putting him in a position not to succeed. Sometimes? Mm. <laughs> All the times. All, All the, times. the times. There we go. But, <laughs> anyway, now it's all coming together, and it's fantastic. Also, because I'm one-quarter Canadian, not a lot of people know that. Mm. So, I am in, I'm firmly you, you in Neville Gallimore's corner. What quarter of you is Canadian? My grandma is from Winnipeg. Oh. Yeah. They have, they have a we are related to famous Canadian explorer Simon Fraser, the Fraser River in uh, British Columbia. Oh. So, I used to love go. watching Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to go to see Daphne was hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Daphne yeah, was yeah. hot. So was Roz. Gosh. Like her style. I haven't seen Fraser in a long time. What's wrong with you? I'm, a lot of things, man. <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> I like the one where they accidentally <laughs> gave their dad an edible. Oh, man. That was a good one. I have lots of stories. That was edible humor before its time. Uh, poor lots guy, of... his Sonics left Seattle. Lots, lots <laughs> of stories. But, man, Neville Gallimore, his tracking of completely blowing up the center and the guard, blowing up the running back in the backfield, almost having Jet Duffy in his grasp, <laughs> Jet Duffy just, like, scrambling and running for his life in the pocket, then breaking the plane of the uh, uh, line of scrimmage. Okay. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Neville Gallimore still running after this man, like a man possessed. And then, of course, this one comes behind him and just like punches the ball loose and just obliterates him. That is the that's if that's not the most Neville Gallimore thing regarding Alex Grinch's defense, I don't know what else would be. That is that is the epitome of what this Alex Grinch defense is about. And I think that's really important to note. I mean. That's significant, and the fact that he's not playing seventy snaps a game now it's down to forty something. Like now you're able to see him when he's on the field, it's big. But now you notice like really pretty well when he is off the field that okay nobody's getting in the backfield too easily. I mean, can he keep up this level of play? Because the past couple seasons we say he he shows up early and says, man, that looks he looks pretty good. And then through the middle of the season, toward the end, you're like, where did Neville Gallimore go? By, by game 12, you're like, where'd he go? So can he keep up the production? I mean, you have, now you have Texas and other teams that are upper-tier Big 12 teams left in the fold. I mean, I sure fucking hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's nothing to indicate that he wouldn't. The secondary's no. lives really depend on it. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, no, like, that play, obviously everybody is just, you know, loved on it, and deservingly so. We haven't seen that type of play from this defense in the last three to four years, maybe, um, you know, that play stands out to me. Um, I can't remember if it was Texas tech or if it was UCLA. Um, it might've been UCLA where they had like a 12, 15 yard run. Um, and Q Overton of all people, probably Mm -hmm. the slowest defensive lineman that I have ever seen. Like at least last year, I don't know if he's lost weight, increased his speed, but he ran this guy down. Like he, he just, he got blocked, turned around, and chased after him. And the running back, once he got into the secondary, had to um, stutter step, and he caught him. And it, you know, we've seen plays like that of just hustle and not giving up. No matter what, Delarian Turner yell mm-hmm. on that play that probably should have been a touchdown. He chases him down, doesn't give up, and then ultimately OU forces a field goal inside the five yard line. So it, it's 
it's so much of this guys has just been, in my opinion, just Grinch instilling confidence in this, in this defense. And, um, I, I think it gives a lot of credence to what fans over the last few years have been saying, like, you know, these guys are still talented. Like mm-hmm. Kenneth Murray is talented. Neville Gallimore is a talent. These guys might get drafted despite being on a terrible defense right. because they're athletically gifted, but, um, no one has really put them in a position to showcase it. And I think Grinch is doing that. And he did his whole song and dance in the off season about how, I mean, you guys are terrible. You know, I want to tattoo one nineteen on everybody, you know, for the, um, defensive raking or whatever. Um, but now he's, you guys are good. Go out there and prove it. I'm going to do my, I'm going to do, do my, what I can to put you in a position to succeed. And they're taking it and running with it. And then anytime they have success, it just builds positive momentum to where they're like, yeah, I'm not going to give up on this play. Whereas I might have last year because the offense is just going to go back yeah. out there and score. All those little, those little details matter so much because that one little tackle could lead to something potential down the road. Like what if Texas tech, kept scoring mm-hmm. and then oh you won by you know a touchdown I've had that feeling yeah. before yeah so um every little play counts and i'm glad that somebody with a brain is coaching this defense and you know pounding that into their brains despite them being two or three years into a bad system in the past and i think you're right me i mean when alex grinch took over i kept on looking at the defense in like looking at the recruits and looking at it on paper like okay come on this is like three-star, four-star, you know, at some essence, five-star talent on defense. Oklahoma, and the scheme that Alex Grinch is using, really isn't that different than what Mike Stoops is doing the past couple of years with, with personality-wise. Yeah. So you're like looking at it like he has the, really the same personnel, maybe lack of depth, like he said, in the safety that pisses him off. But, I mean, obviously, Trajan Bridges got in and played safety, like actually got in the first game. It's like, okay, that's kind of an issue. It's, that's it's terrifying. He but, was a danger to everybody around him. Yeah, <laughs> But it's just like, I feel like he has the guys. On paper, he definitely has the front seven. Uh, let's see what happens with the rest of it. And then they roll out what they have. And then clearly there's been a upward tra- uh, projection for the defense to where the point where Oklahoma's defense is in the top 50 in S&P+. Plus, and uh, the real question here is, you know, is it real? Kenneth Murray says it's real. Kenneth Murray says this is the style of ball they're playing now. Uh, they're not going back to what they used to have under Mike. Of course, he's not going to name drop Mike. But he's saying that's what they are. Um, and But is it real? Because let's be honest, South Dakota, Houston, UCLA, with the exception of the Wazoo performance that they had, and now against Texas Tech without Alan Bowman, those are not good teams. So, like, we were expecting the Texas Tech game to be a, a good, you know, test measuring stick where are we at against spread teams and RPOs. And now you have to wait till your first actual test, which is Texas, uh, next week. So, is the defense real or are they frauds? I'd say to a degree they're real. They're somewhere in between that, I would say. But, I mean... They're second nationally in third down defense, yep. which is insane. And Parno Motley is C- the leading quarterback. Considering where you were a year ago, How much even against you? bad teams. I mean, they were giving up third and 10-plus like regularly last year. They've mm. not given up anything. from. I think it's 16 opportunities this year, third and 11 or longer. Defenses are 0 for 16 yeah. in those this year. Yeah, I mean, they're off opposing offenses. Last, I mean, I think uh, Hoover told me on the last podcast. Um, I think oppo- OU opponents converted forty six percent of their third downs last year uh, at, on just unacceptable. Fucking shell shock, yeah, that is man. just terrible. It's cowardice. Um, 
This year they're giving up 19% yeah. of their third down um, third downs to opponents, which is that's not even that's way better. That's better than most. Yeah. You know, it's it's truly <laughs> better than most. Oh, uh, I meant to I meant to put to put the Bob, Bob Stoops book on oh, the table that's before. Not on here. No, I, I, I forgot to put the Bob yeah. Stoops book on the table before. No, just you just oh, need wait, like Jack's a, got in his bag. You just need like a picture of Bob just I'm looking on. Clutch here. No. But better than most. No excuses. <laughs> we gotta get the sound of it. Bam! There, yeah, we, there we go. There we go. Oh, paperback. In all of its glory, right there. Yeah, hold on. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. I'm so, going to find something. I will say I really love the fact that situationally, Alex Grinch is having Kenneth Murray out on the edge rushing the passer oh a little God. bit more this year. It's so fucking sexy. It makes me angry because we've all talked about, man. The sexiest defensive decision I've seen in years at Kenneth, Oklahoma. Kenneth Murray as a will linebacker, as a guy that only concentrates on one side of the field and then gets after the quarterback. Whew. That'd be a really good Kenneth Murray. And we've been saying this for the past two years, and then... Now they've been doing it quite frequently, and it's like, oh my god! There's nobody that can contain this man. He is—he has the physique of a Greek god. He is it's a five-star athlete. Yeah, I will oh, say. even though he was only a three-star recruit. One hundred percent, and he's like he is he a five-star in life. Yeah, he's. <laughs> oh, what did, what did Butch Jones Ch- call it? Five, champ- five-star champions of life. Champions of life. Five-star hearts. You know, and Bob Stoops <laughs> talked about. How he liked to recruit smaller DBs because they reminded them of him. So then everybody th- thought back Holy to shit. Dakota Austin, who ran slower than all the linebackers and ran at the wrong player one time. Oh man, <laughs> those are the dark days. But yeah, I don't know if the defense is real, and I think you guys are right in saying the truth is somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's it's fair to say something in the middle, but Brady has found something for us that he's going to le- read live on air. So I'm excited. Yeah. So um, I mean, this has absolutely nothing to do with what yeah, we were talking that's about. Okay. So uh, just table what Kay was saying. So apologies, everybody. But here, this is from Bob Stoops' book that Jack slammed onto the table, um, and I'm going to provide no context to this other than this is right when Bob got hired by OU. I also called Coach Holtz, Lou Holtz, uh, for advice. After all, he had a long history of rebuilding programs. Bobby, he said, there are three ways to get a team better. Recruit, develop, and eliminate. You recruit the best talent, develop the best that, that you got there, and eliminate. Eliminate, I asked? Yeah. There are people pulling you down, not doing what needs to be done, Coach Holtz said. You eliminate those. You tell them, don't be one of those guys that needs to be eliminated. Old boy didn't take take Lou Holtz's advice. And uh, so, let's see. One, two, bye-bye math. Oh, you squandered two national title opportunities, thus. Thanks, Bob. Eliminate the the growth on your face. That is also your brother. It's like Voldemort in the first Harry Potter movie where it's on the the back of his head. Yeah. He couldn't get it. He couldn't get it off. Come Just on, Bob. Let's thing. go to Pebble Beach. Yeah, for real. <laughs> God. Oh man, that's too good. But it's just like because we talked about this before we even got on. We're like talking about Bob Stoops, and um, it's just like he, he talked about the Florida job. He you know talks about his entire life, talking about proposing to Carol, which Bob Stoops. And if you haven't read the book yet, I'm ruining this for you. Bob Stoops basically proposing to his wife over burgers and saying, so you want to get married? Which is the most Bob Stoops thing ever. So uh, you want to get uh, married? Yeah, pretty much, right? And uh, and then besides that, talking about how, how he had won a national title with Spurrier while at Florida, and then he was like, man, I felt sad because I, now I just reached the mountaintop and like the chase was over. And I was like, imagine that, winning a national title already and the chase was over. So then you look at the 2000 season, had he had success early, so like we we play games of 
Would it have better if he had lost that national title against Florida State in one two thousand and three? Or no. wouldn't it would it have mattered because it's Bob Stoops? It's just yeah. interchangeable. I mean, they would have been better than most from two thousand three on. So it's yeah, same they, as if, it was from two thousand on. If they just had like a regular like nine and three, ten and two season in two thousand, they just win it in two thousand three, probably. Yeah. That's fair to say. But I mean, talking about getting back to tech, they Alan Bowman is a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. He's accurate. Yeah. He's very good in that system. He throws darts, and that's what they want in that system. They are garbage water without him. And Tyner is one of the least accurate passers uh, I have that, ever seen. That throw he, he has worked. a nice like zip on his throws, but he is just he can't hit the broad side He's, of a ball. When he was moving out of the pocket and he tried to throw, not necessarily not across his body, but he tried to just shot put the ball. Yeah. And it went completely the opposite direction of where the receiver was running. I'm like, that's something you see on the playground. Yeah. Not, I mean, oh, you, oh, you wouldn't see that from South Dakota's quarterback. South yeah. Dakota's quarterback was better than this guy. Yeah. That dude could sling the ball. This guy, I don't know what he was doing here. And I was listening to the podcast that you he, and I mean, did. he got yeah. beat out for the job at Rice. I mean, he, he's soundly. Like the power of Rice compels you. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I was listening to the podcast that you, Brady, and Hoove did that. And who've just straight up said he thinks that Jackson Tyner kid's the worst quarterback they've ever seen playing <laughs> at college football. I wonder. If I, w- said- I would contend that the Hebert kid from Kansas State was the worst quarterback I've ever seen. Did he like run for two hundred and yeah. pass for two hundred against was, a Mike Stoops? Defense? That was Delton. That Delton. Did that. Delton's still a Hebert was the other guy who was on the roster who could not physically throw a forward pass. Yeah. Is Delton at TCU now? Yes, he is. Is he the is he their starter? No, they've got a not freshman anymore. going. Yep. Dugan guy. Yeah. Is mm. it Max Duke, Duggan, D- Duggan? Duggan. I don't know, dude. It Dude, doesn't matter. It's a teach, TCU quarterback. Teach me how to Duggan. He he was outdueled by Shane <laughs> Bouchelle, is all I know. So, but the thing that concerns me is that although Texas Tech's offense sucks, that Allen Bowman, I mean, they went three and out several times. Jed Duffy comes in. They they sucked for a few drives, and then when they did run an RPO, they had guys in the middle of the field just kind of open, and then they had they had a couple of things, you know, to the boundaries that they got OU on a couple of times, and maybe that's get a it's gap integrity, b that's just getting off blocks, B or C, not getting held. Um, but when they did an RPO over the middle of the field, they had they hit guys for eight yards, twelve yards, and then we only had like hundred yards passing. But that's what those were. That's where those came from. They came from the RPOs, and it, that concerns me a lot heading into Texas because heading into Texas next week because that's what they're going to do. And Kansas, since their offense doesn't really have a pulse, but they have less miles there, and they have Puka Williams. And a capable quarterback. He's not a good quarterback, but he's a capable quarterback. They're going to RPO all day. So I'm I'm concerned about that in general because you haven't seen really many teams doing our UCLA. Not much RPO during that game, but uh, they uh, had that stuff to the tight end, and they caught OU just sleeping a couple times. Okay, they caught Patrick Field sleeping a couple times on that. It's, it's concerning to me, but I think... You know, we'll just take it as it goes. What's also concerning is Calcaterra, we didn't really hear his name called, and that's fine because they have so many weapons on offense, wide receiver, tight end, whatever. Austin Stogner got in the game and almost had a touchdown, which is fun. Um, Jalen Redmond, not really involved at all. Uh, Didn't really hear his name called. Like Jalen Method Man, not Jalen Redman. But it was... (laughs) (laughs) Man. I don't know what that means. <laughs> saying a lot of things here, but I mean, it's just like 
How High was a good movie. Yeah, that was a good like, I remember when that came out. Is that the one where the dude like pours Kool-Aid on the chick's stomach? Is, is so. that How High? I think it's How and High. He, I think and so. He, and he licks it off. Yeah, man. That that was a... Gosh, that movie was a long time ago. It was like 96, right? Mm-hmm. No, no. That was like early 2000s. Oh, okay. It was like 2000, 2001 probably. Hey, Siri. <laughs> how High? But it's... I mean, like, was it they go to college? Oh, 2001. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Good job. And but, Oh, wow. Yeah. How High 2 came out in... Okay, how high two? Like, there was a how high two. What year did it come out? Two thousand nine. I don't know. Twenty eighteen. I was saying what? I was like, is it was it last year or something? Yeah. It's like an Anchorman two. Situation. I feel like Gosh. this was like on Twitter or something like that. I'm guessing it was like straight to streaming or something like Probably. that. Probably <laughs> straight to like straight to Prime vinyl. Video. Yeah. <laughs> straight to Laserdisc. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. Sorry, sorry. Jalen Redmond and Alex Grinch talked about this in the presser. He was like, "Yeah, it's you know." And Alex Grinch talked about they have they forget a lot of times that this guy is new to football relatively, and that he 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 can make all the plays in the world that he wants to, but he just isn't there yet. Being and uh, getting fully healthy for the first time, you know, it's just it's just where there are. But he knows what kind of capabilities he has, but. Let's just talk about Trajan Bridges. He played. He played safety, which just kind of blows up Lincoln Riley's like, oh, yeah, he hasn't moved officially to safety. And then, like, Alex Grinch says, oh, yeah, he's moved to safety. And he gets on the field and immediately commits, like, three 15-yard penalties, like a face mask and late hits and whatever. He tried to, like, kill a guy with a trident out there. He decapitated a guy by, yeah. like, holding him. <laughs> yeah, like, he drugged the helmet, like, almost all the way around. Alex is probably like, I love the aggression. Please stop cheating. <laughs> I mean, it's just Trajan Bridges played. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it I, was in. They were inconsequential snaps, so you might as well let him get that shit out of his system at that point. So I mean, I mean, God, I don't know. Do you, it's I probably going to take more games for him to get that you, out of. His you guys system, don't though. expect any huge impact. From not him this year. No, right? no, not at all. Or even moving forward. I, I don't. Yeah. Like OU, like Cordell probably needs a year. Right. Um, Rufus told me that too. He was yep. like, he he needs he needs to put on muscle, put and get faster, basically. Mm-hmm. So he needs a year. Um, what else? Um, Woody Washington probably in the same. Mm-hmm. Now the scary thing about that is, is okay, you're just going to go into the um, year next year in 2020 with two new starters at safety. Yeah. Don't like that. Yeah, but I mean, if they're if they're upgrades to DTY and Patrick Fields, who, you know, they they're definitely the biggest weakness on the defense, but they have their moments. They have their moments of being dependable and solid. But like you said, um, the RPOs where the guys are just running open. I, turning, I, man. I watched that. I'm like, Ellinger is going to, f- he, he's going to hold it and then throw and it's yeah. wide open. And then it's gone. It's going to be some slow freaking white tight end yep. slowly running into the end zone. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, 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 con- it's concerning to me. Cause that's an Alex. That's Alex. Grinch. That's what Tom Herman likes to do. Dink and dunk RPO all day long, and I'm just I'm just worried about it. And Trajan Bridges, I love the fire he came out with. Like the play was over, like the refs have already whistled, and he's still coming from the backfield, defensive backfield, and just like piling, like just spearing into the pile, even though the play's already over. So just trying to be aggressive as possible. And Kennedy Brooks got hit. 
Uh, speaking of illegal plays, I was so pissed. Very dirtily, like, and the guy, I, I, it's been. I, I can't think of another situation in which a player has apologized for it. And Matt like Wells that. apologized. Y- y'all too. know why, right? Matt, did you did you guys see Matt Wells? Were you guys at the game? I wasn't at the game. I voluntarily missed an OU football game for the first time since the Tulsa game in 2005 this mm-hmm. weekend, so I was not there. No, I was there. I just kind of focused on the player. Matt Wells lit into his ass did after he? that play. Like, you know, well, good for Matt Wells. So I'm assuming that's probably why he apologized for it. But, you know, like, it, it, made, me have, it made me think, you know, if we're going to review, like, targeting rules and, and at the same time football um, – Football rules are like really cautious about protecting players' knees. If shit like that happens, you need to apply the same reviewing the targeting yeah. rules to if someone gets hit like on a chop block. It's like um, there's one thing to chop block accidentally, and Tech there, chop blocked like three or four times that game. Yeah, um, like you can still you can do it without trying to harm somebody. Right. Like you sometimes you just kind of you just right. block it's into incidental. Them. It's just like targeting. Sometimes it, you're not doing it on purpose. But that guy, and you could just tell he. You could tell by the way he came in yeah. and the way that he lowered his head. He was going right for the starting running back at OU's knees, and that shit will not will not fly. And Grinch even Grinch talked about how I don't like that the defense kept getting penalties after that. But I'm sorry, I, I loved it. Dude, I loved it. It like, reminded me of it reminded me of the the longest yard on the first play. When all the convicts go out and just beat the shit out of all the guards and get all those penalties, <laughs> like the defense was running rampant, getting like three plays on def- defensive penalties in a row just by being overly aggressive, grabbing face masks, Buki. doing dumb shit out of bounds. Uh, but you know, I enjoyed it. I mean, Grinch was like, "Well, we shouldn't have to wait for a play like that to get us fired up." But uh, I, I, like stuff like that, like the game is over. Stuff like that sets a tone for like the long, the yeah. long haul. Um, like that will not fly. Like this is our team. That's our teammate. That's our brother. Uh, you don't do that to us on our field. Nope. Or, or on any field. So that to me is more important for the long haul than, than it is in the short term where it actually hurt OU. But, um, tech didn't even score on that drive. I don't think they didn't even kick field goal. So yeah, true. And so let's talk about, let's talk about Alex Grinch. His presser was great. Wonderful presser. It's probably my favorite, most favorite presser from an Oklahoma Coach in a long time because Riley, you're getting more coach speak the more he gets in the program. And um, Alex Grinch, though, I mean, he had some really good quotes talking about if you know the defense is solely based on effort and if they're not given the hundred percent effort at the University of Oklahoma, that he's a con man and the the defense is a fraud. How they have to eliminate this, you know, uh, this, fro- this phrase "my bad" from their vocabulary and get it out of their soul. Because, you know, it's basically going to, it, it says, you know, oh, I'm supposed to be there and I missed it. My bad. And he's like, that's not okay. You you can't not miss that. You have to, you know, you have to go make the play. And then talking about my favorite quote, by the way, was, it's not okay to get blocked. <laughs> and it's like, wow. It's a defensive coach saying, it's not okay to get blocked. Also, stop saying my bad. And then calling this, saying, like, if we're not being full of effort, we're frauds. And I just, I think I watched that presser like twice, just back to back, just because like first time I was like, oh my God, this guy is saying things we have not heard a defensive coordinator say um, in this, in the past 20 years at Oklahoma. And that's, that's just, just really nice. And then I watched it the second time in a row because I was just enjoyed it so much. I wanted to watch it twice. He was quoted also as saying that 
he wants Oklahoma to get 10 tackles for loss per game and three to four sacks per game. They're capable. That's they why are. It's like, it's just, I mean, Houston's offensive line is just trash. But if you have to triple team Jalen Redmond and he's still getting through it and getting to the quarterback, why couldn't you get 10 tackles for a loss? You have Neville Gallimore killing the, the pocket. Jalen Redmond, Ronnie Perkins, Laurent Stokes, and now you have Kenneth Mann back. You have so much depth right now in the defensive line. Why couldn't you get 10 tackles for loss? Occasionally sending Murray on blitzes, too, like we talked about, so which nice. obviously causes a lot of disruption. Very, very cool. cool. Very and, cool. And I know I know Brady feels some type of way about the Alex Grinch presser. I'm sure you enjoyed it quite a bit. I enjoyed it more than most humans probably should enjoy a football coach talking about his defense. But the reason is why. The reason is why, though. Well, it's because we all know what we've had to sit and watch, and it's well, we didn't know, we, we didn't watch that. It just happened to it. That's one of those things that happened to you. Yeah, and it, we squandered. Oh, we as in oh, University of Oklahoma and their football team had to squander talented quarterback after talented quarterback. Two be, most prol- prolific quarterbacks because in the somebody college did, football because somebody didn't listen to Lou Holtz. Um, so. Like what Grinch said, you know, that's exactly the mentality that you need to have. Yeah. That, that should be the base. Um, it's also, it, it's kind of a little depressing that we're so excited about it at this point. Um, but that's the reality of the situation. But I think I tweeted it out last night. Like I tweeted out the line that he said. And I was like, Alex Grinch is basically the ship that is like, <laughs> that saved uh, Tom Cruise or Tom Tom Hanks. I don't know. Tom, if Tom Cruise on that island. Tom, Tom Cruise has a spaceship. He doesn't need a ship. Yeah. Um, yeah, for in Castaway. So that's exactly how I felt. It is. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. It's so cool to see a, a DC that gives gives a crap. And like we knew, Oklahoma's defense would maybe improve marginally, uh, especially on paper with their defensive front seven, but not to the point where we're just like, hey, we feel pretty good about the defense making a couple plays here. And then him to talk about Kenneth Murray saying. We he we knew this. Kenneth Murray's the alpha on defense. He is the alpha male. He's the guy that's gonna be doing all the stuff. He's the leader on defense, saying things we already knew, but saying he puts us in a really big time for success. And where our main gripe over the past couple years is, this dude has no idea where the hell he's supposed to be. And now like he really feels confident in what he's doing most plays. And what we talked about earlier is that you know I think somebody sooner Gridiron tweeted it out was just Alex Grinch made a check on the sideline. And almost in unison, the entire defense, you can see their arms go up and their heads go, look down and look at their play sheet on their wristband and make the correct check and then go back into their formation. So they, they all know what they're doing from the front to the back of the defense. And so the question I have is they just... They look like the robots on It's a Small World oh yeah, ride at Disneyland. It's great. and It was kind of creepy, but it was neat. The question I have is, so Grinch and Mike, how much is it that the players are buying into Grinch as opposed to Mike losing the locker room, that the, the differences between this defense and what we saw the last few years, or how much is it that Grinch's staff is better coaching over than Mike's staff? I mean, there's something there, and there's, it's not completely one or the other. It's somewhere in the middle, or it just could be one completely over. But, I mean, when you have Kenneth Murray saying, Brian Odom is the best linebacker coach in the in, in the United States. You're like, okay, he's clearly learning something. How does Kenneth know that? Has he yeah. played under every single coach? So he's only had only had one other linebackers coach. So you're like, okay, it's oh. a low bar. Good old Kish. <laughs> and so you're like, you're just left with this like, 
is Alex Grinch just really, really motivating them? Or is there just a sense of urgency and a culture that Alex Grinch has put on the defense that you don't have Mike's you he's, know, he's hold- corpse looming over the He's holding defense. them to a standard. Like, this is the standard. This type of play, um, these types of numbers, um, holding opponents to this type of scoring, yep. there's a standard. If you're not going to be able to do your part, then um, Kenneth, then Brian Mead's ass will be out there so quick. I don't care. I don't care that you're better than him. But if you don't play to a standard, yeah. um, then you're just not going to play. And it's just that understanding. It's not a fear or a threat. It's just an understanding of um, if you're going to play at the University of Oklahoma, you've got to play like you've got to play like Brian Bosworth. You've got to play like Teddy Lehman. You've got to play like Tommy Harris. Now, are you as good as them? You know that. I mean, no, but you can still give the effort. And that's all that really matters because, like that stat I brought up earlier about the third down conversions from last year, how much better would OU's defense had been if that 46% conversion rate was down to 36? It's a lot better. You know, they probably win. Um, they probably win the Texas game because yep. everybody remembers the um, everybody remembers the third and 27 that was converted on a five yard. I don't know, like it was just a five yard give up route, and then he got carried. 19 yards, and then it was fourth and one. Of course, Texas is going to go for it, and Ellinger ran up the middle, first down. Yeah. Um, it, it just it goes to show you OU's defense was almost there last year even, and, and that's silly to say, but that that's the difference. It's just the third down the third down conversion rate. And where does that come from? It comes from Grinch holding his guys to a standard and, making, and then at the same time instilling confidence in them that they can – you're not just here to make sure – you're not just here – to give the offense a time like enough time to breathe mm-hmm. you can also make a positive impact on the game you can also influence the game and neville gallimore has done that kenneth murray's done that trey brown has done that um and so that confidence allows your guys to make plays in the system and that's what we've seen over these last few weeks a lot of it also comes down to you know preparation and yeah. uh, situational awareness like you were talking about with that tweet from sooner gridiron with the guys looking at their thing looking over at the coach and being essentially set. We last all know the year, call from front to back. Exactly. Yeah. Last year, you would see guys flailing their arms up in the air, looking like, what the hell am I supposed to do? That alone should have been an indication that coaching was an issue last year. That alone. So, I mean, the optics obviously are much better. You know, for people like us on our end, we can tell that things are clearly going a little bit better. But, I mean, preparation appears to be not as much of an issue this year. It just seems but like they're actually. It's you know, not like uh, it's not like last year towards the end of the year where Ruffin McNeil was having to throw out fights Fido. and stuff like that when they uh, Fido. Yeah, um, <laughs> forget to drive on. <clears throat> last year was a whole bunch of preparation H. <laughs> You're on a roll. God. It's been a long preparation day, dude. H. Pre- <laughs> Get ready to take it, bro. Okay, well, <laughs> bite the pillow. It's going in dry, <laughs> dude. For real. <laughs> It's is bad though. Here like, comes Puka. You, you knew, you knew. So talking about Puka, we're gonna talk about the KU preview, talking less miles and just stuff going on right now, right after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, 
Just go to cars.com. It's magical. All right, guys. So OU versus Kansas. Again. In Lawrence. This is the second time I've been on here, and you're like, after the break, and I'm like, good, we can breathe. And then you hit a button, and then you just start talking again. That's it. <laughs> By the it's, way, who won the bet? Welcome to my life. I, for, I, I forgot. Oh, that. no, he won the bet. I won the bet. Now, did you get your, uh, was it Cattleman's? It is Cattleman's. I didn't, I didn't get it. It's still redeemable. It's still redeemable. We just have to set a time. Yeah. So Whenever you good. need to do it. Oh, man. It's, I deserve what I, what I deserve. I'll film it. Of course, it. yeah. I'll film everything. Even. Well, now you're trying to squirrel your way into a dinner now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I see you. Yeah, I'll, I'll just... I'll, Cattleman's Steakhouse. I'll finish what you guys don't maybe, eat. Maybe we'll see. Oh, you. there we go. I was a waiter Stephen for... Adams there. He's, he's a big meat eater and uh, Chris Paul. And uh, I wonder not. if he's ever been to Cattleman's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't. I'll yeah, ask him tomorrow. Interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, 11 a.m. kickoff. Second of three straight. In Lawrence, mind 11 you. 11 so. a.m. in Lawrence. Man. Probably gonna be a lot of OU people. That's a there. snake pit right there. It's on ABC <laughs> though, not, not ESPN Plus, which I thought might happen. Uh, Oklahoma, a five touchdown favorite, open up as thirty five, and I actually saw early early lines for OU Texas. I know we're, this is a week and uh, two weeks out, but OU seven and a half, which I think is interesting. But first things first, Brady, you mentioned this: less miles is less miles. At the same time, Kansas is still Kansas. They, they're not that good. The only thing that gets good about them is Buka Williams. And I'll just never forget, at media days, we were so excited to have Le- see Les, you know, eat that blad- uh, blad- blade of grass as he got on stage and did none of that and awkwardly opened his diary and read uh, that that statement about Puka Williams going on, um, about like some issues with some offseason stuff. And he's like, "All right, who's time for? It's time for some questions now." And then it was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen, Les Miles, because you're expecting the Mad Hatter. Well, that is pretty mad, though. And then we, that, what you just described was, was a sequence of madness. We saw a sad Hatter. We <laughs> we we did not see the Mad Hatter for what we've been seeing from Les Miles. And like the OSU people were very excited to see him. Like, oh man, it's Les because he's a good character. And all of a sudden, you get this real sad guy. I mean, it's like. It's like he's the head coach of Kansas. Or it something. almost like softened Sam Mays' heart. It seemed like. Oh, Can gosh. you attest to that, Brady? Yeah, I used to think Sam didn't, wasn't a big fan of Les, and well, I think, he wasn't. Uh, he was yeah. on record as not being. a big Yeah, fan, and but. now all of a sudden he's like cheering for him with yep. pom poms, pom poms, pongs, pong. and then he said Kansas has more talent right then that OSU did, and Sam Mays near had a heart attack in the back of the room. Yeah, that was true. Times, but. Yeah. Kansas is coming off a 51-14 loss, guys, against awesome. TCU. Oh, where guy, man. They're, T- TCU's garbage on offense. They're terrible. TCU? They're, they're, yeah, they're so bad. They And they hung 51 on Kansas. And the real thing is, is I have no idea what to expect from this Kansas team this Saturday because you look at the schedule. They beat Indiana State 24-17. I mean, it's Indiana State. They lost to Coastal Carolina, which is awful. They just beat the shit out of Boston College 48-24. They lose to West Virginia narrowly, who, not sure of how bad they are. We know they're bad, but not sure how bad they are. And then they just get skunked by TCU. So, I mean, what is there to say about Kansas other than Puka Williams? Really, what is there to say about Kansas other than Puka Williams? Well, they're actually li- missing their leading rusher, the Herbert guy. Yeah. Who, I mean, he's obviously not as good as Puka Williams. He's probably the leading rusher just because Puka missed the first game with a suspension, but... That probably plays a role in that, but 
I don't know. I haven't paid too much attention to Kansas football to be perfectly frank with you. But, but. and that's that's the thing. Nobody is because it's Kansas. Yeah, they have a, a JUCO wide receiver, uh, uh, Parchment. He's pretty good actually, because I've been watching that. Uh, what's it called? The Les Miles docu series or whatever that's on ESPN Plus. Have you guys seen that at all? It's kind of good. Mm-mm. It's like a hard knock style without the with less yeah it, it's it's no, not is it oh i think i've seen one episode yeah, it was, yeah. it was him no, eating did see, cereal did y'all see the big 12 newcomer of the week video they did no i didn't yeah that receiver was like yeah, he goes into an office yeah. yeah he goes into an office and like talks to a lady behind the desk and is like um yeah i'd like to try and be the big 12 newcomer of the week and she's like okay yeah that's cool but uh it, jalen hurts and he's like oh yeah i forgot he was in the big 12 <laughs> 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 never mind yeah, that'd be good. But like, he has been a bright spot for them, though. He's been a nice player. But I think what you're looking for, though, is like what to be concerned about with Kansas is just the less miles factor. Yeah, like he's he's a good enough coach that he'll understand how to scheme to beat OU. And what concerns me about this is, um, is it's basically like there OU went through like a, a point, like they went two or three years in a row where they played TCU the week before Texas, mm-hmm. which pissed me off because it's like you're you're you have to play probably the best defensive coach in the conference yeah. who will understand how to beat you and basically put the blueprint out there. And then Texas gets to reap the benefit the following week. Um, it, kind of that same factor this, this, or this year, uh, Les miles. Um, everybody knows how good of a coach that he can be um, schematically. Um, he's going to understand what to do against OU, especially their offensive line. And then, and then he's going to get his guys motivated. Mm-hmm. So if there's ever any like just, somebody on OU is not 100% focused, it might show. Yeah. And that could be enough Rat to... poison. Yeah, that could be enough to break this game into, like, maybe it's not over after the first quarter. Maybe it's not even over after the second quarter. Maybe this is a game where OU has to play into the third quarter, and that, that'd be terrible. I mean, let alone you don't want them to lose, but if they if they have to trot Jalen Hurts out there third quarter midway and have the desire, like, have the need to score, yeah. then, uh-uh. So like, they need to be like relaxing and getting ready for Texas at halftime. Let's let's talk about last year's Kansas game. Oh, Oklahoma heads into the fourth quarter, winning thirty-five seventeen. Which is, you know, if they score again, the game is fully just put away. And then the score ends up being fifty-five to forty. Fifty-five to forty. Kansas scored, you know what was that, twenty-three points in the fourth quarter. And they had to keep Kyler Murray in. They had to keep scoring because, I mean, Oklahoma's defense just kind of gave up. They're like waiting for Kansas to die. Puka Williams just kept on running the ball. And it's just, it's unnerving to me. So, like, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to this game is that Puka Williams, I voted, I think I voted for him on one of my big, all Big 12 ballots as far as being a really great runner. I think I voted him second team, actually. And uh, second or third team, whatever it was, him. Who uh, Chuba and then of course I put you know Trey and I mean Puka Williams real good and they have a bunch of good athletes but you know I think Les Miles if if there's anybody that can look at that Oklahoma defense and you know and see some tendencies especially a guy that says hey look any team that's running an RPO against them has had relative success we're just gonna do that all day and then when when we're not gonna actually throw it over the middle we're just gonna have we're gonna give it to Puka. And so that could create issues for Oklahoma, but Oklahoma superior athletes, I don't think there's going to be anything to worry about. But just seeing that score, 55 to 40, is like shell-shocking to me to where I'm like, 
getting flashbacks of last year and it's just like I, I it's I hate it. It's the worst feeling in the world because like you said, Jalen Hurts should be done by midway through the third quarter. He should be done. And that hasn't been the case. The one positive that came from last year was that that was Oklahoma's 10th win. And the next morning we got to all yell at the guy for the dog shit bet. Mm-hmm. That was a fun morning. And he was like, I'm just joking, guys. It was a joke. I'm not going to eat dog shit alive on See, camera. See, now he's under like a new handle. It's the same guy. And now he's just oh, yeah. some sort of like uh, predictions troll. There are so many of those. That just uh, make these absurd like lists and stuff like that, and get people all pissed off. He's one of those people now. But he, everybody knows who it's still him. It's like when he needs the dog poop. It's like it's not me, bro. Like you, you said it was you a long time ago. It's like college or two for two four seven college football or college football quotes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, whatever CFB it is. Quotes, I think, is what it is. It's garbage. Twitter is real life, guys. It, it means so much. It's important when somebody says my, subscribe to my YouTube yeah. channel. <laughs> yeah, God, me, 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 me. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> gonna create a YouTube channel and talk about things. I'm not. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna leave that one on the table. But how do you expect this thing? This thing to play out? I mean, it's in Lawrence. It's an early kickoff. Do you think at all Oklahoma starts out slow, or do you think they just lean on them with the run game and just take care of business? Um, neither of these last two games against Kansas have been that, they've gone that swimmingly. The game, you know, even two years ago up in Lawrence, they kind of sleptwalked through the whole thing. Yeah. It seemed like. And then Baker Mayfield grabbed his dick and Greg McElroy nearly had a stroke. And <laughs> I enjoyed when the, uh, I enjoyed, they need to, it's, no, it's the I, same crew for this game, by the way. I thought you were going nice. to say that I enjoy when Baker Mayfield grabbed his dick. Because I, I certainly did. I, I, it was I great. It was, I thought it was, it was funny. funny. Yeah, they blurted. I out. wanted us to make a <laughs> they shirt with breaking tea, and they would. They let blurred us. out his groin region on ESPN when he grabbed. And I was like, nobody. What if they? What if they show a Michael Jackson clip? Yeah, what, are they gonna blur that crap out? But no. I'll no, the for, people want to see it. I'll never forget when the the Holy Trinity hooked up for a touchdown in the end zone with Trevor Knight throwing the ball to Connor Knight. And Jesus was somewhere there. Oh, he's everywhere. He he was he was somewhere in that pass <laughs> because the pass made it to Connor, and they he scored a touchdown. And they were in their all white Rough Rider unis, and so just pure as doves flying in the sky. Apparently, it's so like two angels making love. Yeah, two angels making love. There you go. That's probably what it was like. This game, by the way, <laughs> it, like I said, Dave Pash, Greg McElroy, Greg McElroy, get him out of here. This is the perfect game. Greg McElroy looks like a square. <laughs> oh God! Well, he went to South Lake Carroll, so of course no, he's he, a square. he just he just looks like, like a red a, thumb. He just looks like a square man. Like he looks like somebody from Leave It to Beaver. <laughs> he does he does, and he, he looks like. A, I mean, good for him. He he has a good job, and he probably enjoys what he does. I mean, more power to him. But the guy looks like a square. I'm sorry. Like please, like leave me with your your moral opinions about the the actions of football players. And he talks about defense, like he's like well, Oklahoma's defense still sucks, and they're not going to talk at all about how Alabama's give up thirty something to Ole Miss. But hey, but anyway, get him out of the booth. This is the perfect opportunity for a crossover game with commentary. Bring in Bill Walton to oh, call. God. Yes, this I'm is that's bad. what this game needs. No one gives a shit about OU Kansas football. Like, India I mean, threw it, and me caught it, man. That's crazy. Would be great. Did you listen to the one where he was? He came into the baseball booth with the uh, Jason Benetti guy. Yeah. Who calls the Maui Invitational with him? Yeah. And it was perfect. 
people were tuning in to that broadcast just to see Bill Walton. That would help ESPN, or is it ABC for this one? It's ABC for ABC, it would help the ratings for this game. People nationally would tune in. Walked they should in do it. With a tie-dye shirt, <laughs> this, hat this, back on backwards, and a blunt in his mouth with massive sunglasses. This game should go straight to Laserdisc. <laughs> yeah, it's, man... It's subscribe to ESPN Plus for he the He can just <laughs> ramble the entire time with Grateful Dead references and Bob Dylan what up. I'm here for it. Just, man. Uh, I'd love it. And I'm it would it, it would piss off uh, Dean that, Blevins. It would piss off Barry Trammell. Dean Blevins Oh my god. This guy Dean Blevins, the guy that showed some woman's boobs on Bourbon Street. Breast. Boobies. Breasts. Tits. <laughs> on Bourbon Street and is like, This is somebody's daughter while still recording her and putting on a social media. And then for some reason, had to take a two to three week hiatus on News Nine. I'm sure that was a coincidence. It's I mean, a total that was probably when he chose to take his vacation days. God. You know, yeah. More Steve McGeehee. I like Steve McGee. Yeah, he's awesome. But uh, yeah, gosh, yeah, I would I would be on bo- on board 100. Bill Walton, Bill Walton commentating this. He game. is my favorite. But uh, so we got to do it. What's, the line is 35 points. I'm I'm staying away from that line. Oh, yeah. I was staying away from the line last week. 100%. They did end up covering, yeah, covered, correct? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's... OU's going to cover. You think OU's going to cover? 35? Yeah. yeah. What's the score prediction? Um, I, Well, I'm a guess, so I, I, I'll say it. Um, I'm going to say 63 to 17. Wow. And I don't know if you guys have been keeping up on our pregame pods, but I've been. I was dead right almost on... Um, OU score-wise, I was dead right on UCLA and um, uh, Texas Tech. And then I was off by like three or four points on both opponents. And then the Houston game, I was pretty damn close, too. I think I was off by like – if they didn't score – Houston didn't score that last BS touchdown, I would have mm-hmm. been correct. Yeah. So, uh, so, what, 63 to 17? So, what he's saying is if you guys need uh, betting opportunities and advice. And I don't crazy. gamble, so, yeah. I mean, I'll let someone else – Play with their money. Yeah, there you go. 11 a.m., Lawrence, Kansas – this is going to be a tough one to get up for for OU with OU Texas next weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say like 55, 20, yeah. something like that. I was gonna go 56, 24, which is not enough to cover, but close. Well, yeah. So that would be a push for me, wouldn't it? Yeah, 55, yeah, 20. Would. Yeah. Well, I can't pick a push, so let's go 56, 20. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go 52-20. Okay. How about that? That's fair. One field goal for Gabe Burkich. Yep. Not that Callum Sutherland kid that gets drunk. Well, well, he. Well, do you think he'll be back? I think he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be he'll be back. He'll be back. I, I well, but will he be the kicker for this game? Is what I'm wondering. That's a good question. I don't mm-hmm. know because I bet he. I bet Burkich is the kicker until he misses one in that Sutherland again. <laughs> Sounds good for me. I mean. He might he might kick better when he's in, intoxicated. Those kicks were a little wonky that Burkich kicked. Like they he were going the, back and forth yeah, big time. He hugged the post, no doubt. Oh yeah, but uh, maybe maybe just Callum Sutherland's just trying to live up to his Scottish heritage and kick kick, kick the ball drunk and yeah. Maybe you just go right through the uprights. I guess the guy from it's replacements was Welsh. Whitey. but it's the same yeah Whitey. same spirit. Though. I'm not a Mick. I'm bloody Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, but man. Just going on right now, I saw this on Instagram today, and um, you know, it's it's great. I love it because Kyler Murray, never really that outspoken in the media, um, 
ever really and he would always give these vague messages on twitter he vague comes messages in with like a quiet Instagram. slam from yeah. time to time like when he made fun of like eddie with the shirt size or whatever yeah. that was pretty funny I, I don't even know if he was making fun of him i think he just I, well he was clapping back a little bit i mean like, like that I was they make it in your size and then they, people were like oh that was really rude <laughs> <laughs> maybe he didn't mean to do that i don't know but it was uh, eddie is uh capitalized off of it yeah he yeah. has as he does with everything he's great but he's very talented so kyla murray is Posts a picture of himself on Instagram, says, Hug the road, word to OB in Parliament. And then Buki adds his two cents in there, and CD asks for the link. And a man named David, I'm not going to add his Twitter, Instagram, or his Instagram, says, I know it's early, but come on, man, pick it up. Look horrible early in games, then you get rolling. You guys look dreadful, man. Huge OU fan, so I'm rooting for you, <laughs> but sheesh. This ain't college Glad he no qualified more. it with that. Step it up. And Kyler actually replied to him and said, you sound dumb as hell. I got a really big laugh out of that this morning. That's just, that's pure enjoyment for just me. Just what compels a human being to be like, you know what? The power of rice. The power of rice compels you. There yeah. you go. That's what <laughs> you asked, Jack. I'm sorry. <laughs> I felt compelled to answer your question. It's just so good. Because like, I haven't seen Kyler clap back like that at all because baker he, he clapped back at antonio brown he's like maybe i should just go freeze my feet off and i was like oh my god that's too that's on brand that's... oh was that at antonio brown no somebody was like saying like oh, his okay. antics okay his antics were like antonio brown he's like no i'm gonna go, might as well go freeze my feet off though and then i laughed really hard because i hate antonio brown with the passion well antonio brown will always have that touchdown against the dolphins and you have to always have that touchdown. Oh, well, his school always had that touchdown against OSU, Central Michigan, when they defeated them. And they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. But hey, I'm all about it. I blame Mike Gundy for calling a pass play on fourth down with eight seconds left. It's what Gundy. A, he tucks his tucks his own sweaters into his underwear. It's Mike Gundy. But he plays Donkey Kong, so he's cute now again. Even Super though, cool. Even though he lost OSU a game in Austin two weeks ago. Mm, it's real good. You know, talking about Texas. OU students, OU Daily came out with this post today, or yesterday, whatever was in the paper. Students and spirit organizations, of course, cheerleaders and yada yada and roughnecks, advised not to do the horns down. This is the kind of thing, I know he's no longer in his position, obviously, but this reeks of some David Bourne bullshit. (laughs) I I theorize that now that Gallagher's out of power... David Bourne is pulling the strings from afar. How about so. that? How do you like that conspiracy? I don't know. Theory? I think David Bourne likes his hand gestures and movements in private, <laughs> in private. <laughs> behind closed doors of like his uh, office. Or of something. course, we're talking about signing papers. Oh, of course. Yes. I mean, of course. What else would we be talking Administrative about? Administrative work. Well, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, he's he, he important empire stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It does is it a boring thing? You think? No, I was fucking around. But, but like, like I it said, this sounds like something that he would have done. It wouldn't be a he was overly thing. image conscious. It wouldn't be a Castiglione thing. No, it's it, it has nothing to do. Then with where the hell is it? Would it be coming it's from? A Texas influence. Texas, um, corporate wise, business wise, Texas runs the Big Twelve. Now on the field, OU has run the Big Twelve obviously yeah. the last four years. You know, and even beyond that. So. Um, I mean, but Texas still, they swing the big dick when it comes to like all the business meetings in the conference. And that's why Nebraska chose yeah. to quit and leave. Nebraska, Missouri, A&M, yeah, Colorado. Like they're hard to deal with. And then silly things like this have to come about. And I, I don't get it. 
I just, I really don't. Yeah. I, I, I just don't. Because even the fans, both sides are like, dude, this is bullshit. Like, because it's a rivalry, and everybody understands is this. Is Texas going to stop shooting a, an opposing jersey through a cannon? No. Like, that, that's essentially the same damn thing. And is Texas The entire stop? fan base yeah. chanting, oh, you yeah, sucks, sucks during Texas and, fight. And it's a fucking projectile. Yeah. Like, from a weapon. Yeah. Like, like what are we doing here? This, I don't even want to say that this is like this is where society is now. Like that that conversation always makes me that makes me roll my eyes because right. like, I think it's silly. But this it's soft. This in in and of itself is just soft from Texas's end because the Ellinger, uh, if you don't want people to put the horns down, then fucking do something about it. Yeah. And the thing is, most of don't their lose. fans don't really seem to give a shit about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like they're taking care. Oklahoma's side on this. Yeah, no, they're the most. They have they have a fucking field day. Like, uh, you bought that upset. You bought that Texas Longhorn bumper sticker. You gave us money. <laughs> so like, dumb, fuck, man. Like, who gives a fuck? This is what's fun about college football yeah. is stuff like this. Like, and, the morning, and they do seem to understand that element of it. Yeah. I mean, they seem, you know, like you said, sort of a little bit flattered by the whole thing. They're not soft about it, generally. Their leadership, obviously. Is. Yeah. OU's not even playing Texas, Herman. and they're still doing the horns down. But it's just like, the morning of the Big 12 title game, when I was in the hotel before we went down to Jerry World, the lobby is full of Texas fans, because that stadium was full of Texas fans. And I look over at my buddy, Jacob, and I'm like, I give the, th- the horns down, because I'm like, motioning at all the other Longhorn fans in the lobby. And one of the women looked up at me. She's like, she's a Texas fan. She's like, hey, you can't do that. And then she started laughing. She's like, I'm just kidding. That shit's ridiculous. <laughs> and that's that's just the way these Texas fans view things. It's just like they understand as well. Like this is a rivalry game. Like in like LSU, they're gonna do the same thing. But it was like an SEC crew that was refereeing that game, so they didn't care about the horns down. It's like the Big Twelve in itself. And it's just yeah, it, it's it's exhausting mentally. And also exhausting mentally is Antonio Brown saying that Baker Mayfield is a scam and shouldn't have been drafted higher than Lamar Jackson. Thought that was interesting. You hate to see it come back in his face. Yep. Whoa. He said that's a scam, Lamar. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I'm throwing Jack under the bus. Okay, <laughs> that uh, that that was Archer would come in with phrasing on that one. Phrasing. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just living life, man. I'm just rolling with the punches, apparently. But uh, yeah, God. I mean, Antonio Brown. This is when I knew things were bad. Antonio, like, when he bleached his mustache blonde. First of that's all, that's when I knew. Signal number one was okay. This is not good. That's bleached not a good mustache, look at like, all. What is going on here? That's not even good for your skin. I would the, imagine. The Patriots harbored a murderer known as Aaron Hernandez. And they were cool with him for the longest time until some real shit hit the fan. And then they took one week of Antonio Brown with like two practices and said, yeah, no, we're we're good. We're good. How about you just go on your way after harboring like a murderer and Aaron Hernandez. So it's just like, what the hell is this man doing? Like he's swearing off NFL, but now he's like, well, I might get back. CTE is a hell of a drug. Especially with that helmet he's been wearing. So is cocaine. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a cokehead, but he acts like a cokehead. I think he... It reminds me of... Do you guys? Are, I'm sure you guys did. You guys ever watched the, the show Jackass growing up? Of course, yeah. Yeah, what was their safe word? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Was it? Yeah. Yep. The Dude, safe word was oh always Oklahoma. But growing up watching Jackass, um, it was a staple in my childhood, apparently. And uh, but not as much as the staple to where we know the safe word is Oklahoma, 
And just talking about how, um, oh, uh, man, you know what? I just went blank talking about jackass. That's the worst. Well, I feel like a jackass. I feel like a jackass. I don't know. Where don't take my that. name in vain. <laughs> That's Jack, and there's his ass. And you guys can't see, you know, at home, but yeah. I'm exposing my buttocks right Unless now. Unless this podcast goes straight to yeah. Laserdisc. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have no idea what we're doing right now. We could be podcasting just, just nude. Naked as Jaybird. Why yeah. aren't we? Yeah, that's you know, that's a good question. You know, if you if you hear the skin like you know coming off of a uh, my the, the chair, you leather can, chair, you can hear yeah, it. these fine leather chairs, yeah, you can hear it eventually. But man, I don't even remember where I was going with that jackass quote. I'm a these, the air horn on the golf course was a classic. Okay, yeah, that was outstanding. Oh Tourette's, god, yeah, <laughs> I have Tourette's. I'm sorry, so they give you an air horn. Yeah. Oh my god. god. Yeah, that was so good. I love when he tees it up and hits the ball back at him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old man with the mustache. Oh, it's good times. What's and, what's another one of your favorite jackass sketches? Uh, when Steve O gets put in the porta potty and they like slingshot it up and down or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh, you just triggered re re triggered what I was thinking. Oh, I triggered you. Yeah, you triggered me. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. So, jackass the show like really big, really loved it. Bam Margera had his own spinoff of it, and. Steve-O suffered from, like, A, just lots of drug addiction, but also an addiction to media and filming himself because he had had a camera in his face ever since he was young. And on an unrelated note, subscribe to people's YouTube channels. Yeah. Me, 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 me. God, you're the worst. (laughs) But that's what I think Antonio Brown is like. He has to have a camera in his face 24-7. I think Hard Knocks was like the worst situation possible for him. First of all, Antonio Brown, I'm not saying he was high, but the way Arriving in a hot air balloon was pretty neat. The way he acted 24-7 on camera suggested that, like, this dude is stoned out of his mind. If I was a football player, prima donna, I would would arrive on a horse-drawn carriage and, like, wear a top hat and a monocle. Or Baker Mayfield (laughs) just arriving in an RV. Baker Mayfield. QB's only... And uh, the Vista Cruiser from that 70s show. Yeah. Oh, there we up. go. <laughs> but it's just like, I think that, I think Antonio Brown suffers from like this idea that he needs to be in the spotlight 24-7. So that's why he does so so much dumb shit. It's just, it's unreal to me. And Or he's just a buffoon. Or that too. Yeah. But he would, it's just so weird because that is not the Antonio Brown that we thought, or I thought was him four years ago. And I remember Ryan Clark saying, don't pay this man. He's going to go crazy. And they paid him. And this man clearly went crazy. So It I mean, was pretty cool when he like kicked the punter on that punt return oh, that yeah. one time. Karate, karate kicked him right in the face for the touchdown. And then they called it back because apparently you can't kick a guy in his face mask. I didn't know that was Billy a rule Billy Sims did that in the yeah. NFL. He, he kicked a guy. Still really cool. Yeah. But uh, OSU, Kansas State was on ESPN+. Plus. And it was a major shit show. Couldn't watch it. Couldn't watch it. Didn't have my laser disc. And uh, there's a rain delay too, so it was super. It also watch it. cut out from the coverage yep. for a while. Like, and they gave you like this old school view, and they came back to actually being able to watch it. As far as like, it looked like somebody had their camera at the fifty yard line up at like aisle J, just filming this game. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It, it was so bad. Periscoping. It, it looked bad. And first of all, we need to acknowledge a couple things. Uh, Spencer Sanders looks like Mr. Tumnus, 100%. (laughs) 
He's got the small goatee and the frizzy hair. Oh my god, yeah, give him horns. He looks like Mr. Tumnus 100%. And, and a pan flute. And uh, <laughs> he does look like Mr. Tumnus. I mean, it's great. And then Barry Trammell's real top 10 that <laughs> is great. We can acknowledge this now. So go from, going from 10 to 1, K-State 10, USC 9, Iowa, Florida, Florida and Wisconsin, and 5 to 1, Georgia, Clemson, California... Who just got? They didn't get their asses beat by uh, Herm. Arizona State, but they got that the score was not indicative of how bad they got beat. LSU and Auburn, and what four of those teams? Three of those teams lost. Florida is just garbage, and they're the worst. Like Florida, worst undefeated team through five they weeks. They're so seen, bad. I feel like a few years ago, Minnesota went like eight and zero one year. Or, or there was that Nebraska team like three years ago under Mike Riley. They skated through like I think eight no during that season and yeah. then immediately transitioned into the team that went like three and nine or whatever the next year. Mm-hmm. How, what was their record that year? Twenty seventeen, the one that got them fired. Anyway, that was the team all along that year. Yep. And they still managed to go eight no. This Florida team seems like one that could Easily implodes similarly. They're bad. They're not good at all. But they're still in the top ten because SEC. See, they were even bad before losing old what's his face Felipe. Yeah, Felipe. And this guy. That Miami game is a shit show. Ugh. The Trask guy's not great either. Shout out to Lamichael P Ryan though. He is good. Yep. Not as good as his cousin though. No, he's not. But man, we're an hour and a half in this podcast, and I want to. I just want. I just want Brady to talk about. A, his life in general, or B, just, I mean, Brady, he does a lot. I mean, we talk about all stuff before we're on the pod, just in general. Like I does sports. Brady does sports, and that's like your handle, isn't it? Is it not? Yeah. yeah. But Brady does a lot more than sports, you know, podcasting game, covering, you know, the Thunder, uh, OK82 podcast, and he does a great job there, the Inside OU with Hoove and Rufus Alexander. That's fantastic stuff, too. And you are fresh off media days and from practice. And all I want to know is, is Andre Robertson going to be a waste of money this year? No. He's $10 million. That's like a drop in the bucket. <laughs> I mean, especially when they're paying, at least right now, um, 40 something million million to to Chris Paul. Yeah. And then... Uh, how much did Danilo Gallinari make? 36? Won't matter when they trade him. Um, for those that don't follow me on Twitter, and I'm sorry I'm repeating this to you guys, um, I uh, I went to practice today. That started like around, I got there around 12.30. So I've been working all damn day, and I around 7, I left this franchise station to go get some food, and I went to Big Tru- Big Truck Tacos on Twenty Third Street, and, good choice. and the I Flaming Lips Tacos, the so good. Um, I had to park on the street, so I'm walking up to it, and then this tall human like scoots past me on a lime scooter, and I look, and I'm like, looks, that's Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> Can confirm, Gallinari is Team Jort. He was wearing jorts. Mm. He is European. He's, He's European, obviously. He's from Italy. Yeah. The boot. Does he have a satchel? Um, he did not have a satchel. He had a um, a lady acquaintance oh. behind him, a very lovely lady, um, scooting around with him on a separate scooter. Um, our good friend Keegan Renault was worried that um, of his safety and health because Keegan's a Thunder fan and trade value is prominent with Gallinari. Um, but rest assured, 
he wasn't uh, freestyling or anything. Was he, he was, wearing a helmet? He wasn't wearing a helmet. Oh, no. I don't know if that's um, I don't know if that's necessarily a law in Oklahoma. Is that a law? I don't think so. Well, he wasn't breaking the law, and he wasn't scooting too quickly. So rest assured, Thunder fans, he will be safe. But I will be at practice tomorrow. So in case he's not there, then we'll know why. Judas Priest wants him to break the law. Yeah, they, they do. A song about it. Yeah, um, yeah, like forty-five thousand years ago. Yeah, it's still relevant. Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, other than that, just fun, fun basketball and college football stuff. Hey, you're it's, about to get super busy. Yeah, it's. Um, sometimes I forget what podcast I'm on, and then I'll say like basketball terminology on a football yeah. pod, or vice versa, and then I have to catch myself and go, "Oh shit!" So, uh, I mean, like before we get out of here, just tell us about all your work. Tell us where we can find all of your stuff because yeah. you do do a lot of stuff. And it's like, me and Jack have talked about it a lot on the podcast previously. Like, you do great stuff and all your stuff is quality and you have a lot of great insight. Love having you on the podcast. Thank you. Um, just tell us where we can find all of your stuff so everybody else that's listening can find your stuff. Yeah, too. and don't forget to plug my uh, Moments of Mayhem with uh, oh, Kirk yeah, Street we, or whatever. We will not forget to plug <laughs> Our buddy, Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, Herb friend, friend of the show, right? Yeah, friend of the friend show of now. The pod. <laughs> yeah. Friend of the pod. Yeah. The only friend of the pod that I have is Jerry Ramsey. Uh, <laughs> does he let you wear his like top hat things or whatever he has i wouldn't put that near or around my head <laughs> mm, i have no idea where that's been mm. he used to live in juarez too so what <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you should so he's probably got all sorts of shit you though. should subscribe to uh, intimate with tv's jerry by the way um <laughs> part of the franchise podcast network that i started up um got that got the sam mays podcast which is great mm-hmm. all in for all your sports betting sports gambling needs that's with chisholm holland couple of his friends, and then Andrew Gilman does a show with him once a week. Then we do OKC82, OSU mm-hmm. OSU fans. Um, you've got Madison Morris doing the uh, Come After Me on the podcast, uh, OSU pod. And then, uh, did I say, did I already say Inside OU? Or no, well, I already did. said Inside OU with Rufus and uh, John Hoover. And then OKC82, once the season starts, we'll go back to the old format of doing like a pod after each game, me and Madison, and then maybe some guests along the way. We have fun, um, but other than that, um, yeah, it's it's gonna get busy. But you guys are busy. Everybody's busy. Yeah. You know, so it's. I mean, this is the job I signed I'm not up that for. Busy. At Brady does sports You're on Twitter, right? At Brady does sports. Brady does everything. Yeah, that's. I mean, but I, all I do is sports. Yeah. Um, I don't do anything else particularly well. All I do is win. <laughs> God. Is that your Twitter DJ handle? Khaled. No, it is not. It is. Well, uh, then, then you don't. Yeah. I'm sorry. Brady? I'm, I'm just saying, like. So, Twitter is real life. Subscribe real to life. people's YouTube channels. It's true. God, <laughs> Jesus. He's not going to listen to this. Or okay. tears will be shed. Yeah. Uh, but his his legions will. His legions will. <laughs> his legions will. You are correct on that one. He speaks the truth. What are you, God. What are you guys going to do this weekend? Besides, I mean, are you going to get a shower? Jack, are you going to get a shower beer for this shower beer. I'll have a shower beer tomorrow. I don't okay. care. <laughs> But, uh, Wednesday. You, you guys should encourage your starts. You guys should encourage your listeners to um, like selfie them having a beer or sh- shower beer. Oh shower God, beer. don't give me that like, idea. At the no. uh, at the podcast, gonna have some redneck, you know, Harold from Nuwala send us a full body pic in the shower. So <laughs> I'm not like I wouldn't look forward to that. Yeah, edit it like uh, Baker Mayfield grabbing his crotch. Yeah, that's a good idea. Go. Uh, pro- probably gonna go to uh, brew house. My boy Matt, go watch mm. the game. Eleven a.m. Solid. Uh, it's always fun. Always fun to do that at eleven in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, 
Thursday night going to a show at Jones Assembly, which is an outstanding venue in this city, by the way. The goat pizza is so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I'm seeing Old Crow Medicine show there, so a little wagon Ooh. wheel action. Interesting. But, uh, anyway. Old, old Crow Medicine show. It will be fun. It's not the Counting Crows, right? Not the ca- The Old Crow one. <laughs> And the, it's like one of them. I'd be Cheryl, down for counting. It's, 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 it's the older. It's, it's not Adam Duritz. It's uh. <laughs> I don't know. Sing with Russell there too. <laughs> Cheryl and Russell just hanging out. But anyway, yeah, dude. Uh, Shooting the shit <laughs> as they do. Yeah, all the time. I do enjoy that half of the venue is like outside with park benches like on the side and you can see the whole thing. I mean, it, it's a dope venue. I mean, I like that we have like good mid-sized venues in yeah. Oklahoma City. Now we got Tower, got Criterion, we got all sorts of shit now, but yeah. Anyway, that'll be the beginning of the weekend. So, then the rest will probably be spent listening to the new Sturgill Simpson album for for like the 20th time through like the 50th time mm-hmm. something like that it's pretty dope if you all heard the it songs until they annoy you they're never gonna annoy me really? i don't think no who's sturgill simpson <sighs> are you both the all squares come on i no. am not greg mcelroy is a square yeah. yeah he is he is a square yeah. undeniably but yeah this weekend just immersing my what what games are on this weekend other than nothing what, what games are in prevalent this weekend that might... who's auburn playing Oh, I think Florida. Auburn. Florida. That's I think yeah. Auburn. In Gainesville. They're going to win that they're game. Gonna jump, they're just going to jump Oklahoma just by playing a bad They're going to win team. that game and get so much credit for it because Florida, like, we, like we're contractually obligated to say that they're talented. Yeah. As if that matters. How many talented teams have failed? Yeah. So um, bad. I don't think Auburn's that good. They're I think, not. I think they're fine. I think they're a good team. And I think, you know, if, if you're a, one of the better teams in the SEC and you don't show up to play, Auburn can beat you. I just don't think that they're like a playoff team by any means i don't either but i think that wraps us up so hey follow me comment robbie and on twitter at at came robbie and ccm follow jack at ccm machine or jaylary shields follow brady trantham at brady does sports he does a lot more things as well and then just follow website crimson cream machine.com and we'll uh, check you guys later